thank you so much for tuning in in today's episode, episode 44 of As the Experts with Alka. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm your host for today's show, Alka Sharma on As the Experts with Alka. And before I introduce my phenomenal guest, Saria Reno, a little bit about how did my podcast journey begin? How did, what inspired me? So the core of my being is empowerment. I love to empower women and I love to. Why women? Because women are, we are underrated. Women are seen but not heard. And throughout my journey, when I started my business in the health and fitness space, in the past six years, I helped my clients to really gain the, the strength, not only physically, but mentally. And before I talk to Ria, Saria, about what it takes to be in it, because it all starts with your mindset and even the financial industry that she's in, she's going to talk more to you about that. But it starts with our mindset. And my clients, right, their fitness journey got tremendous results. And it, for me, that was so gratifying to see that. And so I've had a lot of wins in my life, but I've had a lot of failures too. And I believe that it's in, in the failures that we become the person that we are becoming. So this is how my podcast journey began. And on the show, I've had tremendous, amazing, phenomenal guests who inspire me. And as entrepreneurs, we are constant. We are learning from everyone. And I'm learning. Someone who's younger to me, someone who's older to me, I have an open mind to learn. It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are. I, you want to learn and I'm, you know, I've got that hunger to learn. So if you've got that hunger to learn, my guest today, the amazing and talented Saria Reno. Saria is a licensed financial, financial coach who takes a holistic approach to financial planning. She has been in the financial industry for the past six years and she specializes in in helping families build generational wealth. Saria believes that anyone can reach, achieve financial and achieve the wealth they desire. And Saria is on a mission to create more financial independent individuals. So Saria, welcome to the show. So good to see you. Thank you, Alka. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And you know what? I The reason why I wanted to have you on the show, because you, I've been watching you and you are just making strides. You are just absolutely doing phenomenal as to what you are doing in your industry. And I know you, but the, for the viewers who don't know you, what is your backstory? And how did you, how did your journey begin in the financial space? You know, this can be like a fully loaded question. That's um, okay. Go ahead. The first, floor is yours. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about when I was a kid. So like I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always loved business. I always like envied business people when I was a kid. They locked, they, they looked so pretty and they talked so fancy and they always dressed so beautiful. And I was like, how, like, how could I ever be one of those people? And, you know, when you go to school, 
school teaches you to learn in one one way and I didn't learn in that traditional way so I unfortunately grew up my whole life from kindergarten to grade you know 12 really thinking that I wasn't that smart because I didn't traditionally learn in that classroom setting so um when I started getting a job at 16 my parents you know my parents are always super great. Typically, when you um, enter the, the money world, you usually learn money habits from your parents. So thankfully, my parents are pretty good with money. And they usually taught me, you know, um, how to be good with my money. Now, they never gave me any handouts, which, you know, I was born in Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada. And for people who don't know where that is, for one, it's super cold. But two, almost everyone gets like everything handed to them. So like, for me to be like that one alien in my group, that's like, wow, you actually have to like, buy a vehicle, you got to do all the things. Reason I'm telling you this is once I became 16 and started working, my parents took me to their financial advisor at the bank and was like, okay, you know, you're getting a paycheck now. You need to put money away into these mutual funds so that you can grow your money and buy a vehicle and eventually your own place and, you know, do all the things. So I was like, okay, sounds good. I was super excited because, you know, my parents, I know that they have, you know, they've had a pretty good life for themselves. They've been good for with their money. And I was like, this is great. This is going to be like the start of me getting my life together. And um, when I went to the advisor, whatever room office, um, I remember the advisor just talking to me or sorry, not to me at me. I didn't understand anything that she was saying. And moral of the story is once we left that office, my feelings of like excitement and like, you know, really excited to start this journey really turned into like defeat and just kind of like confusion. And I left there with more questions than I had going into it. And I just, at the end of the day, I just didn't really know what the heck was going on. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I've got this money going into this investment every week or biweekly, whatever it was. But the one thing that you did show me was, you know, in 40 years, I'd have X amount of dollars. And I think it was only like 40,000, which right. wasn't a whole lot. But you know, when you're 16, 40,000 is like a lot of money. I didn't so never have $40,000 yeah, before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I learned was, you know, most people don't really know what's going on with their money, let alone actually like understanding it. So as I grew up, um, I realized that not just people in their 16 or 20 or 30s, you know, didn't really have a plan with their money. But I noticed that most importantly, when they were 40 or 50 or sometimes even 60, people didn't really have a full plan or they didn't really have somebody there actually helping them and guiding them. You know, their situation was similar to mine where they were working with someone, but they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if it was right. And, and really, they didn't even know if maybe they could retire one day. So, um, you know, I just kind of thought that was a really great opportunity to help people because uh, I always wanted to help people in a large way. And, you know, we all use money. We all everything that we do involves money. So when we actually know what's going on with our finances, it's actually super empowering. So that is uh, kind of how I got into the industry. Exactly. And you know what? We need to be in that driver's seat. And like I said, you know, we need to be in control. And especially women, um, you know, you like your group basically is around women. And I think, you know what, helping women, women need to understand as to what's happening, because a lot of women don't know, they don't know as to what is happening, the husband maybe doesn't share, the partner doesn't share. So how do they know as to what they need to do? And I love that. So you were 16 when you were taught at the bank that, you know, the advisor walked through with you as to what is expected. And I feel that, you know, the, when it comes to financial literacy, you know, it's huge. 
It's mm-hmm. huge. And a lot of people, if they're not financially literate, they can be at a loss. What What would you say to that, to people that are listening? You're at yeah. a loss. But what do you do? If you do find yourself in that situation, what can someone do? Well, it, it can be tough sometimes because like, first of all, great question, Elka. Love this. Um, there's so much information on the internet, but it's also kind of a curse because there's so much information. If you don't actually have the right knowledge, like me, you go to school, you kind of learn wrong from right. There's so much information that how do you actually like a normal person who's never had a financial background? How do you actually sift through it and know what's, you know, just blowing smoke up your tail because they want to sell you a product. And as much as I love the financial industry, there's a lot of stuff that are out there just because they want to sell you a product, but it's not actually going to benefit you. It benefits the other person more. So the biggest thing is, you know, if you can read, obviously that's going to help you, but it's like, well, what do you read? So if you know somebody who is like, an advisor is specifically one that's like independent, who's not working with a bank who works, you know, independently, they'll give you non jaded advice, kind of like myself, because I'm not trying to sell a certain person's product and services. But, um, you know, even just learning about like, okay, how do you budget your, um, your expenses? Should you invest in a mutual fund or a stock? Like there's so many information out there. Um, but if you can actually like, um, join a group, of like women of like-minded people that also helps as well but at the end of the day even though there's so much information online it's better to read something and at least have some knowledge and sometimes you can also make like your own judgment to be like okay well maybe that seems right maybe it's not and then at least if you have a little bit of knowledge like in the back of your mind and you go sit with somebody you can at least ask them questions and be like hey I read this what's your thoughts of this and it actually will help you have a better relationship with your advisor because now they know that you're serious with your finances because you're asking questions you're engaging in the conversation you want to know more um then this way it also helps you feel like you have a little bit of knowledge going in there because now you're not just waiting for someone to tell you what to do and just hoping that what they're telling you is right but you actually have a little bit of knowledge being like oh well you know i read up this could be you know good or bad in this term and maybe this works this way and then um this could also be a great opportunity to learn about you know if you're going to be working with this person you know what are their values what do they kind of um what do they think of maybe what you've read exactly so asking hard questions and I think the more that we ask hard questions the better uh you know we are able to not only for ourselves understand okay what the the advice is going to tell or the broker is going to tell you so if you ask those hard questions then you are better prepared and you know what you know it's going to be expected of you so asking those hard questions and I think that's also very important and Grant also likes to you know talk about that you need to know the language know the lingo yes so if you go to the bank be prepared if you're you know, talking to an investor, if you're talking to a broker, if you're talking to a financial advisor or a planner, you Mm -hmm. need to know the language. Yeah. So how important is knowing the language? How important is it to prepare, you know, oneself before they go to a bank or to any financial institution to learn about money, money management, how important is knowing the language and to be prepared? This is a two-part question. How important is to prepare yourself before you sit in front of a financial planner or a mortgage broker or a financial broker? 
Yeah, you know, well, it's pretty important because it's like, let's just say you go to Europe and you don't know how to speak the language. Well, it's going to be really hard for you to get around. Same thing in the financial industry. Now, you can also be really lucky and work with someone who's going to guide you. Like for myself, I take an educational approach to finances. So I'm going to teach my clients a little bit more about finances before we actually get in the nuts and bolts and actually invest their money because I know what it felt like to not know what's going on. And the last thing I want for my clients to to feel like is like, okay, I'm working with this girl, but I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know if she's doing what's right for me. But one thing that I'll say in my own experience is kind of the answer to your question is, um, you know, I, I've been in the industry for over five years now, and I've even sat in banks or different, um, you know, financial conversations and, you know, they don't know what I do. I usually keep that a, a secret just to see what people will actually like offer me because I know that they're going to offer me things like I said previously what's mainly beneficial to them not always me especially because I'm a female going back to why it's so important for females to know this as much as I hate to say this people will take advantage of females because we're females right so getting financially illiterate you know through financial literacy is very very important because you you very well can be taken advantage so um moral of that is yeah there's been times where myself I've sat with people and they've tried to sell me products that aren't right or doesn't make sense for me or just because I caught on some of the lingo maybe I didn't need to know everything but I knew what like you know certain words were I could put it together and I was like well that's not actually what I'm asking what I want is this and it sounds like you're offering me that you know what I mean and then that also kind of gives you some credibility and then I feel like it lets the people, the whoever that you're, you know, speaking to um, across from you know that, you know, maybe you're a little bit smarter than you think. And, you know, maybe they can't just box you around a little bit. Don't don't take advantage. (laughs) Yeah. And one thing I'll also say, Alka, is, you know, I, I actively grow a team in my business and, you know, just like anytime you grow a team, some people stay, some people don't, but the greatest thing is, um, you have to take your mutual fund and your life insurance license to get licensed. Right. And I have some clients of mine that will actually just join my business to go through the courses. And the reason for that is, well, for one, um, I'll say there's two reasons. The first is my company pays for pretty much all your schooling, which is really great because you can take these courses outside of the company, but sometimes they can be three to five grand or sometimes more. It just kind of depends where you're going. Um, but there's been a lot of clients or even some of my agents who no longer work with me. And they're like, just the information I learned from these courses about, you know, how mutual fund works, the different kinds of insurances, you know, why you want insurance, how they actually work. Like there's so much that comes to all of that. They're like, I'm going to be able to make better financial decisions, not just for myself, but for the people around me and my generations to come if I choose to have a family or if you already have a family. So, yes, I think that becoming um, not a master, you don't need to be a master, but just learning more about finances is just like it's going to do you. So it's you'll get more money. You'll be able to acquire more wealth. Just like they say, people who um, work with financial advisors or financial professional, they do acquire seven times more assets than most people or get a higher rate of return on their investments because they have a professional actually working with them. So yes, it's very important to know what's going on with your money. Exactly. And, you know, touching on women. And so, I mean, I, what this is what inspires me and for you Saria that's what you know inspires you and I think women like we said you know they take we get taken advantage of people assume that we may not know 
what what we like what are you talking about but you know it's very important and I so I just want to like just sort of side gear to now you you talk about and you specialize in holistic Mm -hmm. planning holistic financial coaching what is holistic wealth management and how are you different from other people in the financial space what how are you different and what is what is holistic wealth management yeah I love that that's a great question Alka so really the way that I approach like the holistic well-being is For one, I never focus on just a transaction. I focus on a lifetime client relationship with my client. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, let's just say, market you a life policy or an investment or anything and then just like never talk to you again. It's like, let's put together a full comprehensive plan. Let's say you have debt. Let's put together a plan to get yourself out of debt and on the road to financial independence. It's all long-term. It's all a long-term strategy. So unless you stay with the same person, that has this goal for you, how are you going to achieve it in the next 30, 40 years or whatever? If you keep switching and not really like revisiting that, it's harder for you to actually um, achieve that, right? So when it comes to the holistic side, for example, when I was saying that there's so much to know about insurance, well, for example, there's permanent insurance and then there's something called term insurance. So permanent insurance, I would never sell to like my worst enemy because it will always benefit the agent more than it'll ever benefit the client. And oh, okay. the reason why these people sell them is because you make such a substantial commission on them. Like hmm. the commission I make on term insurance is not nearly as much as you'd make on the other insurance, but it's what's right for the client. So for example, term insurance is exactly what it says. You have insurance for a certain term. Now my um, agency is the only agency that has a 35 year term. So let's just say you're 25. We're going to put, you know, um, a term policy on you until you go to retire 65, 70. As you work with me and as you pay off your assets, or not your assets, sorry, pay off your debt and you acquire assets and you grow your assets, we always revisit your um, insurance needs, you know, every year or whenever we decide to do reviews. Every client's a little bit different, but usually at least once a year, we're going to revisit that. If we feel like you need insurance later on in life, we're going to continue adding insurance. But one thing that I focus on with my clients is I want you to have insurance because the purpose of having insurance is while you're in um, trying to achieve financial independence. So I actually figure out how much money do you need to become financially independent? Okay, we're going to mm-hmm. put inflation into that equation. There's a lot of it that goes into it. And that number is always ever changing because as you grow, as you have a family, all that kind of stuff that changes. So we want to figure out what do you actually need to retire financially independent? Do you want to retire and never work and never run out of money? We're going to figure Mm -hmm. that out. So we're going to put insurance on you in the short term so that in the event that something happens to you before you're financially independent, your family's going to get that insurance. They're going to be able to live their life. They're going to be able to breathe, you know, not go backwards financially, take time off work, do all the things. Now, once we get you to financial independence, you don't actually have a need for life insurance. You know, of course, unless you want to keep it for additional legacy or inheritance money. I have some clients that want to do that. But in short term, holistic approach to that is that instead of just like product producting you to death, because there's a lot of advisors that do yeah. that. They want to generate you commissions or they want to sell you multiple policies. Right. Which I've seen a lot. 
I just really want to put together a strategy that helps my clients long-term actually achieve their goals. So yes, we're going to cover your two risks that um, everyone faces in money and finance. You're going to live too long, which means you don't have enough money, or you're going to die too soon, which means that you, you didn't have the money, but you also like you have insurance to cover that, right? So we're going to cover your two bookends and then we're going to put together a long-term strategy in the interim to make sure that you get there. And essentially I'm also just not going to give you products that don't make any sense for you just for me to generate a commission. Right. And I want to make sure that I do a great job for you so that that also becomes generational. You know, if you have family, you have kids, whatever, you know, obviously I'd love to work with your family, but more importantly, if something were to happen to you and that um, insurance had to get paid out or, you know, this nest egg that you created now you, you passed away and didn't get to, um, you know, um, use it all, or you wanted some as a legacy, well, now, you know, I'm going to be able to, to pass that on to your grandkids, whoever it is that you want. And then it also becomes like a family thing. So that's kind of my definition of a holistic approach to financial planning. And you know what, and I absolutely love that. I think it's got to be a whole, not just like the one aspect, because a lot of agents, a lot of brokers, you know, they, they do that. They just focus on, like I said, you know, just selling you the products, but they're not looking at the whole as to what does the family need and yeah. you know so when we talk about life insurance because a lot of people don't and myself included probably don't believe that you need to have life insurance and I know we talked about this but a lot of people may not uh, think that they need a life insurance because and now, you know, it is important to have life insurance because of all any eventualities, you know, um, mm-hmm. the spouse might pass away, uh, you yeah. might get a divorce. We don't know. We don't have a crystal ball as to what's going to happen in the future, let that alone tomorrow, nice. right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so if we have life insurance, that's going to protect us. And also it's going to protect you uh, if someone dies of the death in the family, then that the, the siblings or anyone in the family is going to inherit the insurance. So, sorry, so um, um, the reason I brought about life insurance is because mm-hmm. of women. Yes. And I want to touch on this because women who are watching, women who depend on you know, certain cultures, they come to the Western world, but mm-hmm. they have the mentality like they were back home. So that is, you know, the men don't tell the women, don't tell the wives as to how much is in the bank account. They don't tell the women as to how much they're making. So when it comes to life insurance and say the husband passes away, what Mm -hmm. would be the first step that you can advise our viewers? What is that first step someone, the wife needs to take, the woman needs to take in all eventualities that's happened? What can she do now to to prepare herself and her family? Yeah, so that's a great question. So life insurance, I like to call it the last love letter. You know, the two things that we can kind of like guarantee in life is taxes and death. You know, we don't know, unfortunately, when our last day is going to be on this earth. It's a blessing and a curse because... And you can't get away from taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you become a business owner, you get tax write-offs. Hopefully you pay Mm -hmm. less, but yes, Mm -hmm. we're going to be taxed. Taxed, Yeah, exactly. No matter Um, what. Exactly. Um, 
Now, this is a really great question because let's just say your family did have insurance and now you are a single mom and you have three kids. And let's just say you even got like a million dollar of a life policy that got paid out to you. Well, if I'm the agent that gave you that policy, you know, I'm going to be the agent that's going to deliver that death claim. Okay. So I'm going to sit down with you. We're going to look at everything. If you have debts, of course, we want to make sure that you're okay financially. So like if you're especially not like um, someone who works, like if you're like just the homemaker at home, which is a lot of a lot of people nowadays, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that there's enough money in there that especially if you have a house, if you have all these payments, like there's a lot of families who um, kind of have a lot of, um, I guess, finances, right? Like, or sorry, they're financing a lot of things. Maybe they have a boat, maybe they have a car. Of course, you probably have a mortgage. Um, but we want to make sure that all your ends are covered. Because the last thing that you want to do when you're mourning, let's just say your loved one, is now all of a sudden you got to go backwards financially. You got to sell a car, you got to downsize or a home, you know, in the midst of everything. Now you're also changing a lot of things, right? So that's one of the purposes of life insurance is, you know, you can't replace the person, but you can at least replace the income. So let's say your husband made a hundred grand, that million dollars would provide you income for at least the next 10 years. So right. we would take whatever, whatever immediate cash we needed right away. Let's say we wanted to pay off the mortgage. We wanted you to be mortgage free. We can pay off the mortgage. If you guys had any additional debt, like credit cards or anything, especially um, what I like to call um, financial cancer, like credit card, like the really, um, there's a word I'm trying to think of and it's not coming to me, but that's a toxic debt. That's what I'm trying to look for. <laughs> Any toxic debt, of course, we're going to spearhead that first. You want to get that gone. Um, and then, of course, the most, one of the most important things is you want to make sure you have money for that funeral, right? So hopefully he had a will. One of the things I help my clients with as well is you need a will, three-part living will, final will, power of attorney. You never know what's going to happen, but Thanks. better to have it than not need it so um you want to look at all those kind of benefits first make sure the kids are covered if you need daycare in the, in the interim or something we want to make sure essentially we're just going to see what do you actually need between now and let's just say the next six months 12 months whatever that looks it looks different for everyone maybe you have some help from family maybe you know sometimes you have like um um i've had some clients where like their mom lives with them so they can help with kids but Essentially, we're going to look at your immediate cash res, uh, immediate cash needs first. Then after that, we're going to say, okay, let's just say you had um, 700,000 left of that million dollars. Well, we're going to invest that. We're going to make sure that, you know, if you're, going to, if you're going to need to live off that right away, of course, there's going to be a portion of it that's not going to be invested super aggressively so that you can live off that regardless on what's going on in the markets. You're going to be okay. But then the larger portion of that, we're going to invest that a little bit more aggressively. So that money is also growing. So right. now you have so money. compounding. The money's compounding. Exactly. It's working for you. You always want your money to be working for you because if not, it's dying. And then your dollar today is not worth a dollar like it was yesterday. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a almost like an infomercial of kind of what you would do. But essentially, you know, you want to have that money invested. You want to have it working so it's still growing. And then, you know, we would still put together um, a plan going forward. You know, if they had any other assets or any other investments, we would look to see, okay, well, what do you have now? Let's say you had 1.5 million from the life insurance and investments that were left over. Um, that's going to last you how many years? Like, you know, then we would kind of get down to the nitty gritty and put together an actual plan. But usually when something is fresh, like if it's a death, you know, where we may not put together a plan right at this time because it's hard to kind of see past even like the next hour. Right. But the biggest thing is we just want to make sure that you're okay. You don't have to go backwards and your life doesn't have to change drastically. 
So I know sometimes, you know, the, the life can change, like in a blink of an eye, you know, you have money and then now all of a sudden you don't have money yeah. and you don't, you may not have the money because, you know, either you, your husband has gone into bankruptcy, the company has gone to bankrupt. Now he's a sole breadwinner. There's no money coming in. Mm -hmm. So how does a family live? Like, how do you survive? I mean, I can just fathom I can't even fathom how can a family survive when the sole breadwinner has been told that you've been now laid off there's no money coming in yeah it's it's tough so like as much as I hate to say it especially in today's world I feel there should never be a need for anyone to pass away and not have life insurance but there's a lot of people that think they're too young to have it there's a lot of people that don't want to pay for it there's a lot of people that don't believe in it there's also a lot of people that you know maybe they have a family maybe they don't but they say you know once I'm passed away I don't want you know it's not my problem but like I said earlier it's your last love letter like you know it's it's like the last thing that your family is going to get from you and it's like hey I got you like I know that this is going to be tough but like you don't have to struggle, right? I have seen, you know, the worst case scenario where, you know, people have to set up a GoFundMe account, which like, I just, I hate so much when I see that because I'm like, that could have been avoided. You know, like you, you shouldn't have to be here. Um, You know, none of my clients have had to do that, thankfully, but it's like, I have seen the, the opposite where, you know, people have to sell things, they have to move in with in-laws or they have to downsize or like, it becomes like, I literally just got goosebumps as I said that, but it's, it's crazy because you don't want that to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And when, when we talk about life insurance, a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they don't want to think about dying. They don't want to think about right. all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. um, I know from personal experience, obviously I'm alive here, but there's been a lot of times where I've, you know, I like to live life a little crazy sometimes. And I've done some, you know, maybe some things that my mom wouldn't be super proud of doing some scary <laughs> things in cars or something like driving too fast and like, literally well, honest. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Sounds crazy. But you know, there's been times where I'm like, at least I know I have life insurance. Like if anything were to happen to me in this moment in time, I'm like, at least I know that my family would be taken care of. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that everyone's going to think about that on their deathbed, but like it is things that I think about when like, even sometimes I'm flying or like something, you know, maybe you're parasailing on holidays. Like you never actually know how you're going to pass. Right. But that's why we take precautions. Right. Exactly. And that is such a great advice because, um, you know, you mentioned the GoFundMe. Like why do people, why do they resort to the GoFundMe? And I know you said that should not ever, ever have to be the case, but why do people have the GoFundMe? Uh, is that because they're in desperation? Is that is because, you know, there's that last resort that they, you know, where is the money? They need the money for most families, right? Yeah. And like, it's, it's a great, well, it's not great to say, but it's like, I've seen GoFundMe accounts in different amounts. Sometimes it's five grand, sometimes it's 10 grand just to do the funeral or just to have some people um, have their uh, bills paid while they take a month off work or something. Cause one thing I always like to like bring my clients and make this a little more real is it's like, sometimes people will say, Oh, maybe I don't need that much insurance. It's like, listen, your family's never going to be sad if they get a bigger check than a smaller check. Like if you can afford it, term insurance is pretty cost effective. So like, especially if you're young, you can get even half a million or a million dollars for, it really depends 
even under 200 bucks. Obviously, don't take my word on it. A lot of different factors go into it. But either way, it's very inexpensive. And I know that a lot of people spend more than $200 or even around $200 on other things that maybe don't give them the same type of security. Um, but, you know, when you do pass away, it's like, okay, people are going to have to take time off of work. You're not just going to get news that someone passes away and take a day or two off and go back to work. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, there's so much different things that happen in life. And there's taxes and there's death taxes, which sounds funny. There's lawyer fees. If you didn't have a, a will and maybe your beneficiaries weren't set up properly. Well, like, for example, people will say, well, I got money in the bank or I got an investment. Well, I've sat with people. You know, I always give people a second opinion on their stuff. Because just because you have something doesn't mean it's right. And um, sometimes their beneficiaries aren't set up right, or they don't have a beneficiary, or their beneficiary is their estate. And you never want your beneficiary to be in your, in your estate because your family can't access that money, especially if your estate is frozen. So you always want a beneficiary. This way it also bypasses taxes. Um, but essentially, there's, there's just a lot more that goes into it, right? So it's like, just at least protect yourself if it was like thousands of dollars a month, obviously I would get it more, but yeah. it's so cost effective nowadays that, um, you know, just take a little bit of time, let's plan ahead and you'll be happy that you did. Exactly. And I think that's, a, that's a good point is you need to plan because you need to plan for any eventualities. And I think the more forward that we are more foresighted, uh, to think about as to what's going to happen, we might get laid off. We might, um, there could be a death in the family. The spouse is the breadwinner of the family. He might be laid off. And if so, if we don't plan and seek advice from professionals, how do we know that how we're going to be protected? We we won't know because there's been no planning. And like you just said, you know, you could someone in the family. There could be a death in the family. And if there's no will, Saria you know that I can that's just unfathomable that there's yeah. no will and now the whole the the money does not go to the family it exactly. goes the government takes that money because there's been no will especially if you have kids like I just mm. got goosebumps again but like so many people say oh well like the kids are automatically going to go to the husband or or, or vice versa and like it, it sucks to say this Canada is a great country but the one thing that we really need to change is the whole like death process. Like if you don't have a will, and especially if you have kids, yeah. the government has one for you. You just have zero say in it. Your kids do not exactly. go to who you want. And there's actually a huge um, chance that they could be separated. So you could have three, four kids and they may not even end up in the same home. Like there's it just the only reason why people fail financially is because they don't plan. It's not that you plan to fail. You just simply didn't plan. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You just simply didn't plan. And so now I just want to talk about women. And I heard you on the call uh, about the, um, you know, women in business. And I think that was such a great, um, great talk, great conversation. And what I loved about it is how women, and now that we, you know, women who are listening and you all, you know, sorry, is just sharing amazing knowledge nuggets right here. So I really want you to pay close attention. So as women are now being educated and when it comes, we talked about financial literacy, is the key it's got to be the first thing that we need to know about it's the first thing that we start 
to know about only for ourselves the knowledge and education what's required but also then be able to pass it down to our kids so that conversation women in business how important is it for women in business it's super important and I will say that women also make better finance like we're better at making financial decisions than men so yes, like we, there is yes, going to be <laughs> women power um, there's going to be this like shift where, you know, maybe it's actually going to be the woman taking care of most of the finances in the household. And I've seen it like this is kind of going a little offside track. But if okay. I sit down with a couple, I always ask them, regardless on whether the husband takes care of the finances or it's, you know, vice versa. I always ask to meet with them, you know, together, because regardless on whatever happens, for one, I want them at least to know a little bit of what's going on. Um, but two, in the event that something happened and one of them goes away, well, I also want to have that relationship with both spouses so that I can step in and help them. And that's one of the things about going back about the holistic approach that I take is, yes, I want to have a relationship with both your spouses, your kids, your cousins, everyone, because what happens is if we go back to the life insurance, um, if your beneficiary is your spouse or, you know, maybe if you guys both passed away and the money goes to a cousin or it goes to a brother or something, you know, I always tell my my clients in the event that something happened, I don't want to meet your brother for the first time in these kinds of circumstances and giving him a death check. Like I want to at least know him prior. And then I want to make sure that he's set up financially so that you know if, if he's the person that ends up taking care of your uh, kids you know he's financially stable so there's a lot of pieces that it comes to that's why I say the holistic approach I'm not just going to focus on you or essentially you know getting one transaction from you but I know I kind of went away from the question because sometimes I do that but you were talking that's about okay. women in business and what specifically were you saying about women in business Alka? Well what I was saying in women in business is that you know there's that women power Right. Yeah. The more that we know that we are in control, as we talked about, we need to be in the driver's seat because the more that we are, you know, we have the confidence and the knowledge when it comes to finances. Yeah. And as we talked about, you know, most women don't have that. Most women are not financially educated. So that's what I'm talking about. Whole empowerment, you know, women in business. What does it mean? for a woman to be in business in 2022. So can you share with the viewers and also when it comes to the finances? You know, I think one thing about being a woman in business in 2022 is um, for one, anytime that you see a female in business and they're killing it or, you know, they're doing all the things, it also gives a permission slip to other women to, to show that that is like, you can do it as well. Especially right. even if you are like a homemaker, there's so many people who are like stay at home moms, even some people on my team, you know, they're stay at home moms. They don't really want to do like, maybe they don't want to work all the time, but they kind of like the idea of having something on the side or having additional income, maybe that they don't have to ask their husband for, you know, whether they ask for it or not, that doesn't really matter. But it's nice to just know that like, you can actually do things yourself because historically women were always left in the dark, not even just about finances, about everything. Like we weren't able to vote for so long. Like there's so many things. And now women are really getting put into the forefront and getting put into the spotlight. And there's actually more CEO, like women CEO, um, like whatever I'm trying to say there, like funded companies, like women are now becoming more CEOs than men because we have leadership abilities, but we also have that natural like 
motherhood right so we mm-hmm. focus on relationships we have that empathy with people and like we nurture. exactly we're very nurturing and we have the ability to be very hard when we need to be but we also have the ability to be very like um personable and be able to connect with people and nothing against males they're obviously super great but like males a lot of the times they don't have that like they're either like business mode or like you know not so business mode maybe a little bit dickish you know like not trying to be rude about them I I love men obviously but we have a way of like maybe bringing a hard message across but not making it be so hard and actually like caring for that person more exactly as women we 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 can pacify over things we can pacify we are more you know on that softer edge that we have so that um you know it's more like indirect but the man would not know as to like okay what what's just happened right there right because we have the knack of doing that so we pacify we can easily lift over that so I think this is just amazing as to what uh you know when we're talking about empowerment when we talk about finances and what also comes to mind is that you know a woman should never have to be dependent and I heard someone say a woman should never have to be dependent whether it's the her husband whether it's her father, whether it's her brother, any male figure in the family, a woman should not have to be dependent on the male figure of the the family. She needs to be financially independent to be able to make those decisions, number one. Number two, be able to be financially independent when it comes to earning. Yes. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, this is um, a really great question, Elka, because there's a lot of stuff that I can say about this, but one of the reasons why- You know what? The floor is yours, so take it away. (laughs) Take it away. Perfect. (laughs) Um, There's so much I could say about this, but like one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about women learning this and like really just taking the reins on this kind of stuff as well is because just like you said, it's very important for women to be not just financially independent, but not dependent on other people. Because you hear so many stories where, you know, females stayed in a relationship longer than they should have because they were financially dependent on that person. Or maybe it wasn't a relationship, it could be bad circumstances, it could be, you know, staying in a place that you don't love, or maybe it's too small for your family, just because you're not sure how to make more income, or how to create additional streams of income, or even how to take the income that you're currently having and allocate it better. Like even when I talk about, you know, um, paying off debt for clients, like this is kind of a little bit of a sidetrack, but like a lot of people will think if you pay off a bunch of different debts at once, it's going to help. It it feels good because you're paying them all off. But realistically, like, you know, working with um, an expert like myself is little strategies make the biggest impact with your finances. So I'm like, no, we're going to prioritize this in a certain way where we're going to focus on one debt. All that money you're putting towards debt is going to go towards one. And you're actually going to get out of debt faster and sooner. And it's going to feel more rewarding. So go like the reason why I bring that up is because sometimes people stay in like positions because maybe you had school, um, school loans or school debt, or I've even had some clients who have taken on debt because they um, maybe didn't get as long as maternity leave or they had to take time off work to take care of their sick parents. And now all of a sudden they have maybe a five, $10,000 line of credit or something or credit cards or multiple credit cards. Sometimes, you know, it looks different for everyone. Um, but now it's just like, okay, well, now how can we help you 
get more prepared. Just like we talked about earlier, you know, we're, we're super women, we want to do all the things, but it's super important for us to prioritize ourselves and say, okay, well, how can we just be dependent on my myself? And this is something that, you know, I've been doing in my own life, feels really good to like, become, you know, more independent and not have to like, um, rely on anybody else. And it's very empowering. Like you'll find as a female, when you have, even if you're not completely set up, because it takes time, everything takes time, you're never going to be like financially set up in one day or one week, but you can take the steps to slowly get there, right? Um, you're going to walk with better confidence, you're going to get better friends, like not that there's anything wrong with your friends, but you're going to attract better people in your life, you're going to get better job opportunities, like some of my clients who are females have literally gotten jobs, and been able to, um, like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for, negotiate, like, uh, wages and stuff with their bosses, and they've been able to make 20 or 30 grand more a year, or even get a better raise, or get a better position, because they were able to understand their finances, and more importantly, they were able to understand the worth that they bring to the table, and I just got goosebumps when I said that again, but I think that that is so valuable when it comes to being a female, and like I said about that permission slip earlier, it just allows, like, whenever I see a very strong, like, female just like yourself Alka it's very motivational and it's also very inspiring because we're traditionally like we said left in the dark so it just feels nice to see other women and that's why like these women in business and women you know helping women communities are so vital because like we get we get each other you know what I mean like it it is different being a woman but um I don't know it's also just so empowering you know becoming independent and doing the things for yourself yeah, exactly. And and I love that point. I love the point that you made is that, you know, when we are empowering together, you know, when we're standing sort of shoulder to shoulder and yeah. really helping and lifting each other up. And I think as women, we do that so well. But there are times when, you know, it can get a little bit. Um, we may not get along with everyone, but I think on the whole is that women's empowerment. I think women in business, that's what I like. And that's what I really wanted to bring in this conversation is because women in business, that's what we mean. We mean business. Yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, when we begin to see that way, see the light, you know, a lot of things can change. And so, you know, this conversation has been really, very enlightening. And I think, you know, is much needed um, when it comes to financial finances. I think, in my opinion, anyway, I think it should be taught earlier on, like it's in school, part being part of the school curriculum. Because I know for me at school, I, I we didn't learn about financing finances money management wealth management we were not taught that I'm not sure about (laughs) you but how what do you feel do you think in we needs to be this conversation needs to start early at schools in part of school curriculum yeah the thing about it is like as much as we know it's needed it's probably not going to change because like I feel that school teaches you certain things so that you don't become this powerful woman right like you know essentially this could be like a huge rabbit hole I go into but I won't (laughs) but like there's a lot of things that we're taught because society and different like corporations like the banks and stuff they want to help us stay where we are they don't want to help us get ahead but you know just like you said Elka 
school didn't teach us anything that really helped me. Like I said, in my, my story is like school made me feel like I was dumb. Like I was just like, man, I don't get this. This is boring. Like I like science, <laughs> but like, I wasn't going to go super far with science. I didn't feel, right. um, sure. but it's like, the thing about it is, you know, we learned algebra and like how to find X and, you know, I would never go find my ex because they're <laughs> for a reason, but it's like, that didn't actually help us. Right. But you are yeah. correct. Like, I do believe that, you know, we need to learn more about finances, do all the things. And that's why I always lead with education when, um, you know, I sit with a client, whether you're an existing client and we're doing a review or you're a brand new client, like I'm always educating because sometimes you can hear things once and it hits different. But then once you've, let's just say, grown a little bit of a portfolio where you're starting to pay off debt and and maybe go down, um, sorry, go through a market correction like we're going now, sometimes when you hear that information a second or a third or even a fourth time, it becomes more real for you. You're like, oh, I get it. Like, I actually get it now. I'm living through it. Yes. I'm doing it. Like, I'm putting myself in play. And same thing with, like, all the information that's out there in the internet. Like, there's a lot of information. But unless you do something with that information and start applying it into your life, you know, it's just information. So it has to be applied. And it has to be applied in a certain way. Um, because there's a lot of things that you could do financially that can help you. But there's a lot, also a lot of things that you can do financially that can hurt you. So, um, I mean, yeah, you can get into finance and you can learn a little bit more about it, but, um, I do agree that it does need to be taught more. And that's actually what fueled my fire of, um, building a team yeah. was when I started working with clients for one, two and three years. And I started seeing their, um, transformation and their testimonials and stuff. I was like, wow, this is such an incredible impact. Like nothing can actually beat that feeling when like clients right. tell you how they've done or like you know I've had clients pay off debt or get you know mm -hmm. money and they we, we put together a plan and they're like you know you're the first one I called because I didn't know who else I could call that would get super excited that I just paid 20 grand of debt off like they're like it just feels good that I was the person that they called and we were able to celebrate together oh, that's amazing yeah yeah super super great um don't really remember where I was going with with that but that's totally okay but anyways just finances are super important <laughs> exactly well, as I said the floor is yours so whatever you wanted to share that's amazing and I love that uh, but you know what yeah so take care of your finances because that's the number one thing that you know we never want to sort of uh, be misguided by or finances or money management wealth management um, we always want to be constant and just be learning and educating so Saria the final question, and I love this, and I ask yeah. all my guests this question, mm -hmm. and that is the three truths. Mm -hmm. So everything that you have accomplished and that you are accomplishing, because you are just mm -hmm. phenomenal, what you are doing. So everything that you have done thus far, if today was your last day on earth, what mm -hmm. are the three things people want so that you can leave that so people can learn from you what are those three things that you can leave behind oh I love that well first off is <laughs> wealth is more than just the numbers so it's not just the money that you have in the bank or the amount of money that you're achieving it's how you take care of yourself the health the food that you put in the people you surround yourself with read educate your mind like health or sorry not health wealth is so much more than just like winning the lottery or something it's like to be truly wealthy especially as a wealthy woman it's like embody all the things like really do the things that light your soul on fire because you can have you know five million dollars in the bank but not be happy right so 
wealth is definitely more than just a number. Another thing would be like, just take a chance on anything that you have interest in. Like, you know, I never thought that I would be, I shouldn't say I never thought, I never believed in myself as being like a successful business owner or anything. And really every single day, I'm still figuring out, I'm always reinventing myself, figuring out how I could do better than I was yesterday. How could I be a better leader, a better daughter, a better girlfriend, all the things, but just never stop learning and investing in yourself. And if you have something that like, you know, if you have that motor ticking, like for me, you know, the, mo the motor started ticking when I was a kid, you know, I did little entrepreneurial things as a kid, but like, if you feel you have something inside of you, don't be afraid to fail because just like you said earlier, Elka, in your failures, you actually learn more about yourself and it's true. Sometimes they suck when you're in the valleys, it absolutely sucks, but you come out of those and you learn so much about yourself. So don't be afraid to fail. And the last thing would be, um, you know, just always be grateful. Like, I know it sounds very like easy and, and whatnot. And, you know, everyone probably says that, but it's like, when you just are grateful for everything you have, especially if you do be, 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 become decide, <laughs> I, can't speak, <laughs> I can't speak right now. Um, but if you decide to take the journey of entrepreneurship, it's not going to be easy. And every single day I always like beat myself up that I'm not, you know, farther than I am. I'm very happy and grateful for where I've come and all the things I've accomplished, but it's a journey not a race and everybody's journey looks different and the road to success for entrepreneurial you know is not a straight line as much as you know people might want to tell you that or you can make a million dollars in a year or a month yes you can but it's not going to be most people so um just enjoy the ride be grateful for everything you have and um, everything will always work out in the end if you just believe in yourself and keep going Absolutely. Saria thank you so much this has just been an enlightening conversation friends you know, Saria has just shared nuggets and this conversation, it is so needed, so relevant. And I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation. And I'm so glad, friends, that you were able to tune in to this episode, episode 43, and how. So the takeaway from this conversation is to be empowerment, how you can, how you want to be empowered, be in the driver's seat, be in control of your finances, of money, money management, how important that is to you as a woman, to you and your family, so that you know what is happening and how you can better take care of your finances. So friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you know, Stay tuned with the next episode and subscribe to our channel. And Saria, before we let you go, what where can people find you? How can people get in touch with you and connect with you? Yeah, I love that. So you can find me on Instagram. It's one of my favorite places to hang out. Saria Financial, S-A-R-I-A Financial. Send me a message and say you found me from Elka's podcast and I'll give you something super special. But um, yeah, find me there and I'd love to connect with you. Wonderful. Amazing, guys. Well, give a huge round of love to Saria Arena. Amazing. She is such a fabulous, phenomenal woman. I've known her for a while now and she's just doing, you know, just 
taking those quantum leaps as to what she's doing, especially in the financial industry. So connect with Saria. Saria, thank you. And stay tuned for more episodes and more phenomenal guests upcoming on Saturday. She's a style coach that I'm truly going to be inspired and learning about the whole psychology when it comes to colors, the whole psychology when it comes to style coaching as, as you know, on the whole. So the whole holistic approach to style coaching. And so thank you for joining episode 43 of Ask the Experts with Alka with my phenomenal guest, Saria Reno. Thank you, friends, for joining in and subscribe to our channel. And I look forward to connecting with you all very soon. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>